Dear listeners, we love making this podcast for you. So please, if you enjoy it, do us a solid and leave us a comment or a review and subscribe. It helps us out a lot. And now enjoy Romance at a Glance because we about to get nasty. Romance at a Glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a Glance. What you saying Romance now? at a Glance. Go ahead, girl. Well, hello, fair friends, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm Bridget. I'm Shawnee. And today we are here to talk about Rock Hard by Nalini Singh. Yeah, yeah. Narrated by Justine O'Keefe. Yes. Uh, this is part of the Rock Kiss series. It's actually book two after Rock Addiction. And I'm not quite sure why this necessarily falls into a series about rock stars, considering that Obviously, neither of the characters are rock stars. One is a businessman and one is his uh, his assistant. I was very confused by that as well. I was um, like, he was a former? Player? No, he was a rugby player. Yeah. So I, I think it's quite because, understand. I think it's because in the first book, um, Charlotte is the best friend of the heroine. Who's dating and a And so they star. like tease their relationship because you hear about it because that um, friend is always confiding in Charlotte. Uh. And then- so I think that's why they become the second book. And the then you see it's it's almost like they happen simultaneously. Like technically that book happens first in the timeline, but a lot of it overlaps because a lot of the scenes with her friend you see from like her friend's point of view in the first book and then you see them again from Charlie's point of view in this book. Got it. Got it. Yeah, they're always talking on the phone about what's happening, you know. So I was like, okay, I should probably read the first book. Yeah. But- but I don't think you necessarily had to. It's just, just no. giving you all a little backstory. Yeah. I always had this feeling like, yeah, there's another book to this series. Yeah. <laughs> <Do> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, I, I I did, I understand like the first book was about rock, but I definitely was like, there probably was a better title for this series. Right. If not everybody is a rock star, especially since I've read a bunch of other series where they follow a, a rock band and every book is a different person in the rock band. Well, that and, is the series, except for this book. Except the for other this books book? are all the band members. Oh, Nalini. Yeah. Got it. She just snuck this one in because she's like, well, it doesn't fit. I think it could have fit in the Cherish series with the brother. The sailor. Right. Yeah. This is a Cherish, this is a Cherish book. I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. But maybe it just fell in sequence when she was writing it, fell in sequence with this book. So I guess so. I'm not gonna that makes sense. So, anyways, this book is about. Our uh, wealthy businessman, Hero Gabriel. Gabriel. Former New Zealand rugby international star until a devastating injury sidelined his career. Oh, no. And then he decided to take over the world of business. And basically, the story starts with him coming in to take over the company that Charlotte works for. And she's like a very, very low-level records keeper who actually does all of the work of the assistant of the current CEO unbeknownst to everyone because she has a lot of trauma in her past and just like doesn't stick up for herself. And uh, he comes in and takes over the company. And the hilarious thing is that I liked how they met because she thought an intruder was in the office. So she went to investigate and then threw a stapler at his head (laughs) (laughs) until he was like, hi, I'm your boss. And I I actually like when she threw the stapler, Mm -hmm. she says the minute like it left her hand, she knew she'd made a mistake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was yeah. like, I know exactly who that is, but the stapler had already just left the fingertips. 
Totally. That happens to me all the time. My husband has a a, a real pleasure in scaring me all the time. Really? And every time that he's like hiding behind a door or something and I like reach out and knife hand strike him or like shout at him or throw something or fall on the floor, my brain like figures out what's happening before my body catches up. If that makes sense. So that totally made sense to me. Cause I was like, that's me. Right. I would 100% throw something at him. And as it's flying in the air, go, oh shit, that's my husband. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Shouldn't have tried to scare me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like that uh, about the story. I like awkward moments like that mm-hmm. uh, in stories. So that one was, was a good one. Yeah. And they had a lot of, um, what I liked was at the beginning, I was a little bit worried that she was going to be very, I mean, she calls herself a mouse and he says that she's a mouse. And I was worried that she was just going to be like a painfully mousy character. Yes. But I really enjoyed that her internal monologue was not like that at all. It was very like funny and feisty. It's just that all these outside things had, you know, traumatized her to the point where she wasn't expressing any of that to the outside world at the beginning. But as the reader, I got to understand her character before everyone else did as she was kind of like blossoming through the book. Yeah, I, th- I thought so too. So um, I definitely thought it was going to be painfully timid and mousy and mm-hmm. outwardly it was, but her her inner monologue was, was you in front of the mirror, you know? Yeah, trying to psych <laughs> or, yourself up. Yeah, or when something else happens, when something happens and you all the things you wish you had have said, Yeah, like that was her inner monologue. Yeah. So I could like... Completely relate to that where you're just like, uh, uh. yeah, like when her bitchy former boss at the beginning says something snide to her and she's like in her cubicle doing the work, not taking credit for it, but like in her mind, she's a, she knows she's, she's, she knows she's a- <laughs> but again, not saying a single word. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate that. Um, well, first of all, I thought the name, nickname she gave him T-Rex was hilarious because he came in and was just like chopping heads off of everyone and fight like he just like came in on the first day in the office and just wholesale fired half the company and promoted the people who actually were working hard and stuff (laughs) and uh i just enjoyed that she just kept calling him t-rex even when she would talk to her friend she'd be like oh it's t-rex calling me again (laughs) like i just loved that that was like one of the first things that outwardly was showing that she actually wasn't a mouse yeah i i um i liked i thought the time frame from when she was like mousy to mm-hmm. getting more assertive was mm-hmm. like uh, realistic. Yes. So I felt like they didn't play too long. They also skipped time. They skipped a two-month period. Sure. So it made more sense. You know, most things happened like the last book was in the span of a day. Sure. Or two days that they fell in love or whatever yeah. happened. So this one, you know, quite a bit of time has come. She's ordering flowers for another woman. Other, yeah, they have a lot of women. familiarity yeah. having worked together like 12 plus hours a day every day of the week for two months. Like it makes sense that she's comfortable with him finally. Yeah. Uh, and when she does with, get assertive, you're like, that. oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because we've read some books in the past where we were kind of annoyed with the fact that the sex scenes took so long to happen because it didn't feel like that was like a normal thing for either character because yeah. you're like they're both two like healthy normal you know, <laughs> he- not normal but like healthy individuals who don't have any like sexual trauma in their past yeah so like why wouldn't they be kind of maybe like jumping on each other a little quicker yeah and in this book I agree I was super happy with the timeline because it would have been so weird if you find out all these horrible things that have happened to her and her old boyfriend like literally 
kidnapped her in her own home, tied her up, and was torturing her sadistically for days. And then all of a sudden, like, two weeks after meeting this guy, she's like, but I'm in love, so I'm going to let him bone me. Like, that would have been— And dominate me. Yeah, dominate me. That would have been so weird. Yeah, Um, that would have been— that would have been really weird. I was actually curious in the beginning. I'm like, how are they going to handle this? Yeah. Um, the first real romance novel that I ever read, right? So Danielle still was like my introduction. Mm-hmm. But then I went to the library and got my hands on one of the ones with the really good dirty covers with the guy mm-hmm. and the girl wind in the hair. Mm-hmm. And the story was actually like very similar to this. She was like traumatized. She had like bells on her door so she could hear if people were coming in. I can't remember the title of this book. So if anybody does... Message me. Yes, let us know. <laughs> but it was like the first one I ever read. Um, so I was actually kind of excited to see how they played this and slow rolled it from a modern day realistic perspective versus the one I read before, which was like made in the 70s. And right. it was very much with that kind of male gaze, yeah. written with that kind of male gaze. So Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, thankfully I'm privileged to not have ever been like assaulted or sexually assaulted by someone, certainly not someone who is supposed to be my boyfriend. But I I do like that they didn't, I feel like in some books, uh, once the character is like, oh, but I love him, then all of a sudden, like there's no more panic attacks. There's no <laughs> more triggers. There's no more, um, you know, maybe they'll have a nightmare about their trauma yeah. in the night or something, but there's no more like... Uh, it doesn't interfere in their daily life anymore. Um, and I liked that they sort of worked together through what different ways of touching her were going to be a trigger. And then he just didn't do those things. Yeah, They didn't try to like work through the nape of her neck. He just doesn't touch her there, which I thought was like the best thing of all because no, she doesn't need to work through it. Like you just need to respect that's a boundary and <laughs> touch her on the arm. You know what I'm saying? So I really liked the the realistic, you know, even through like the end when they're like a full boning, she's having like, she like will freeze up in panic and he just like waits till she calms down and then they talk about what, what happened, happened, what yeah. he did. And it, I, I like, I, I felt like his character definitely didn't get as much character development as hers did. But he did say, like, you know, it, it hurt his, like, feelings, you know, in his, like, heart that she was scared of him in those moments. Yeah. But also he wasn't, like, a dick about it, like like a lot of characters would be, where they're like, just get over it. You should know that I love you and I never yeah. hurt you. It's like, <laughs> well, she, I mean, intellectually she knows that, but this is a fear response. This yeah. isn't, this isn't logic. This, so, so uh, there was a lot I liked about, um, about them as a couple, but, like, so, you know, I love an alpha male. Mm-hmm. I love an alpha mm-hmm. male. Um, and I really liked that he was an alpha male. And even in the way he handled that situation, he was still like an alpha male. He was like, no, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> What's happening here? Mm-hmm. There was a real awkward moment in the kitchen or something in the very beginning mm-hmm. where she like froze up or whatever. And he just backed off and he's like, okay, so what set that off? And it was just, that scene to me was like super, I was like, that. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like mad casual. Like, okay, so I see something happen there. What set that off? Yep. And she's like wanting to crawl into a hole and die like in a sure. corner because she, you know, doesn't want anybody to see this reaction. Same thing with like when, when, um, when he went to her, no, when she came to his apartment. Mm-hmm. 
um, he saw her like panic on in the hall or whatever. And, you know, same, same thing. And I think that for me, that's super alpha and super um, strong to be able to say like, hey, I see something's wrong. Okay, let's address it. I know this is going to be uncomfortable, but we're going to address it. And uh, things are less uncomfortable, I, I find, when it's matter of fact. And it's out in the open. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and he didn't like – she was so embarrassed. And he was like, don't be embarrassed. Just tell me what I did so I can not do it. Not do it again, you Done. know. The funny thing is, is like she did call him T-Rex the whole time. But for the life of me, I just imagined him with tiny arms. Like <laughs> like every time I – It's like a former rugby player. I don't know if you've ever met one in real life. I have. They I are not tiny individuals. They're <laughs> fucking enormous human beings. Also, their legs too. It's not just their arms. Like I feel like football players – I mean, obviously, maybe it depends on position, but I feel like for me, their legs aren't as big, but rugby players' legs are tree trunks. <laughs> tree uh, trunks. It's rugby absurd. Players. Yeah. It's that's, absurd. That's they're good, huge. Uh, they're humongous people. Yeah. He does not have tiny arms. And also, they're they're like from New Zealand. I I yeah. imagine, you know, the, um, uh, what are you, what's the name? Um, the Maori. The Maori. The tattoo. I imagine the Maori, mm-hmm. and I mean they're just delicious. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a people, as a people across the board, <laughs> as a people, yeah. And uh, uh, so everything was set up for me to have like a really good image, and I had a great image. But for some reason, every time I heard T Rex, I just thought baby arms. <laughs> T Rex said baby arms. <laughs> That's the funniest thing ever. I did not imagine him with small arms. I did. Speaking of his arms, though, enjoy that. Over the course of those months that he was like basically courting her without her knowing because he wasn't doing anything like creepy or necessarily super overt. He was just like, I would love that he would like come home, come back, come home, come back to the office after his morning run and like casually be shirtless, which which you think at first like, oh, maybe he runs shirtless. And then you hear from his point of view and he's like, yeah, of course I was shirtless because I wanted her to look and wanted her to like realize she liked me. <laughs> and so I was trying to tempt her with my naked body. I'm not above it. And I was like, that's the best thing ever. Sort of workplace harassment, but also I'm not the best I'm thing. not above it. I mean, I remember one time in college, I knew this guy liked me. Mm-hmm. Like he he literally couldn't like keep his eyes off me. And I liked him too, or whatever, but I was playing mad mad you know, coy or whatever. Soup's cash. It was one of those things where everybody needed help doing something. And he was like, hey, do you need help? How can I help you? He didn't help not one other person. <laughs> <laughs> and he you're just, like, yes, I need you to staple these papers for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, and then he was a um, he was a chef. And um, they were passing out food to everybody. There was a huge line. And I was like in the back of the line. And he like ran up with a plate for me. <laughs> skipped everybody. Oh, and fresh. I remember one day just being like, today's my day. Today's the day I get him. <laughs> and I put on my like best outfit, my mm-hmm. cutest heels, all the things. And then I went to where he was and I ignored the shit out of him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> we have very different strategies. I would have just walked over and probably like licked him or something. And been, like, he would have been very happy. I've gotten much do more direct. Like yeah. over the years, and now I'm just like you. I I really I want I, you. Are you into it? No. Yes. <laughs> that was a hundred percent my strategy. I would just walk over and I would just like look at them and be like, "You can't see me right now, but I'm nodding at Shawnee with with she is, a and giving me look. brows." I'd just be like, "What's it, up?" <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly what you know. I mean, I was like made sure they didn't have like a wedding ring and stuff, but I mean, 
they they inevitably either said yeah or they were like no nah. i was like all right cool and then if they said no i was just like no you problem. respect the no yeah i respect the no i, I just mean, go back to my friends and survey the crowd for another <laughs> for a more willing back to the drawing board. For, for a more willing victim um, um so, so speaking of victims because technically charlotte at the beginning is a victim mm-hmm. and then she grows out of it so a little backstory on her so she was brutalized by her college boyfriend, which sort of only happened because both of her parents passed away her senior year of high school. And so she was all alone, and he was one of those super manipulative, horrible people who basically finds someone who's weaker than them and then treats them well at first and then before the cycle of violence starts. And it, like, gets worse and worse and worse and worse over time. And then he just turned into, like, a straight-up psychopath and kidnapped her and went to jail. So he's in prison for... 90% 90% of this, probably 85% of this book, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but, then they find out, what because she's already, like, fully dating Gabriel by the time he gets out of yeah. prison. And then it's like a Brock Turner situation where, like, the judge gave him, like, barely any time. Right. And... Yeah, he got released for whatever, some loophole reason or something. Yeah, he got, I guess, they said that he got released because he only got sentenced to the very minimum amount of time Right. For the charges that he had. Oh, right. Even though he, like, kidnapped her and tortured her exactly. and all these other things, he still only got, like, it was, like, two years or something. Or something. I don't, I don't remember what it is, but it was something stupid and ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Brock Turner-esque. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing I liked was that, I mean, obviously it's very convenient that he didn't get released at the very beginning of the book, but I do feel like a lot of books would have had that happen, and that's right? why she has to get with Gabriel, and that's why she has to fall in love with him. And he's like, you have to move into my apartment and all this other stuff. And I liked that she had already, like, done a transformation of, like, her wardrobe for no longer wearing, like, completely sex, but, like, embracing her femininity and and, and not being scared about male attention. She had – they had already started their actual, like, uh, physical relationship by then because this was, like, months and months in the future. She's already taking these important, like – business meetings with CEOs and stuff and feeling confident in her skills and her knowledge. So by the time he gets released, she's no longer a victim. Um, and no long, she's no longer terrified by him or right. like mousy. Right. I did, I think Nalini Singh sets up these really cliche um, moments to not do the cliche thing. Yeah. Because that's how I felt the whole time. And same with the other book. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is what's going to happen. But right. then it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought for sure they were going to bring him out of jail sooner. Yep. Um, I thought for sure that it was going to be one of these stalker situations that last the whole end of the yep. <laughs> the book. Did you also think he was going to get her at one point and then Gabriel's going to have to save her? Yeah. that's what I was thinking was going to happen. I thought that was going to happen. And I was hoping it wouldn't. I, yeah. was, I, I found myself going like, please, please just yeah. don't let this that expected thing happen. Um, And And I was very pleasantly surprised uh, that it didn't happen. I was, I was pleasantly surprised that um, when he, when he was getting out and she needed to find a new place or whatever. And he, Gabriel was like, you got to move in. And she's like, nah, dog, not moving in with you. Yeah. (laughs) And she found another apartment. Yeah. In the same building that had security. Yeah. But she was like, no, I need my own place. Like I just met you. I'm not moving in with you. Exactly. And she was like, and I just got on my feet and I'm just feeling confident. And she's like, if I, I know if I live with you, I'm going to be dependent on you. Right. And that's not what I'm trying to do. So. Although I did enjoy that then, then uh, after she finally stood up, not finally, because she just had the opportunity, but after 
um, her creepy ex and it was in the hallway and then she like whacked him with the purse and then kicked him in the nuts. Um, and she realized like, oh, I'm not a weak girl anymore. I'm like a strong, capable woman and yeah. like he can't get me anymore um, mentally. Like I'm not afraid mentally of him anymore. She realized like, oh, wait, I can still live with you and date you and be married to you. And because I've already proved my independence. Yeah. I already proved I lived by myself. I already proved to myself that he didn't break me. Yeah. So like, what am I still trying to prove? I already <laughs> did it, uh, which I liked because it's like, I mean, I understand. I'm like, yay, independence. But also like, if you're going to be there every night anyways. I mean, cool. And on. you're going to get married to him. It's like, you know, yeah. you could share I, a house. It's I cool. like that she also, um, I like one that they let, uh, that Nalini let her fight uh, her ex first. Mm-hmm. You know, like like hitting with her purse and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, and Gabe, you know, Gabriel, Gabriel just and, destroys it, yeah. <laughs> breaks it, literally breaks it. And then face. Gabriel comes and breaks him apart, yeah. which was the perfect balance for yeah. me. It was like she incapacitated him and then Gabriel comes. I also like that she kind of talked, Charlotte talked shit to Gabriel afterwards. She's yeah. like, I had this. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I was doing a good job of She's kicking like, his ass before you even showed up. <laughs> I was like, you go, girl. You go. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when uh, when you go to open a jar, yeah. like somebody's been trying to yeah. open the jar and then you get it. And you're just like, yeah. and you're like, I loosened I it for loosened you. It for you. <laughs> I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, and then I did, I, I wasn't mad that she, you know, she's like, we're getting married. We're going to be together. We're going to do that whole thing because, you know, I'm all for like, you know, women, independence, all stuff, you know, like regular stuff. Um but also, I'm also for like not working when I don't have to. And companionship. Or like, companionship. Or like, you know, I ain't above it. <laughs> and, you know, and I thought it was nice that, again, like we talked about earlier, it's like this happened over so many months. So this is like, what, three, four, five months into their relationship yeah. already. And, you know, she's met his family and she doesn't have a family. And they like obviously were very warm and welcoming to her, which we already found out from Sailor's book that they're like the best family in the history of New Zealand, let alone the world. <laughs> and... And also, like, obviously, he is really, um, I mean, he's just, like, really good. Yeah. He's a- I mean, generally. Like, he's just good. Yeah. Uh, and also, I liked that he was very attracted to the fact that she was so smart and so capable because he already told her, well, I'm just going to take you with me anytime I do this because you're the best assistant I've ever had. and. And she's like, yeah, that's cool, but we're also not going to work after six and we're not going to work on weekends. And like, you don't need to be so crazy. Like, you already yeah. own half the world. You have so much money. Like, we can I, calm down. I, I thought that was interesting. Like, their arguments, their couple arguments for me were realistic. I also thought their responses were realistic. A lot of times I feel like in these in in books, they have these kind of either – nothing bothers them type of thing or everything bothers them type of thing. Mm -hmm. And this was a really good balance of kind of like love and you're getting on my nerves, you know, and, um, and I like, she's like constantly throwing muffins at him. Yeah. You know, and he's constantly like, you know, I work like you met me when I was working. She's like, yeah, but I was your secretary and couldn't say shit. Now (laughs) I can say something. Right. You know, so I really, I like that. I thought it was interesting that she didn't, she didn't kind of have like a, not a freak out or whatever, but like when he was like, oh, we're going to go with my family for this thing. They never like, there was never a moment where she was like, um, at least in the beginning where she was like, wait, I'm going to meet your family. 
like it was like their first or second like real date or going like thing together to me. Yeah. So it was to me, you go to meet someone's family that's serious. Right. You know what I mean? I don't bring anybody to my family who I'm not serious about. Right. So uh at that moment I was I kind of expected her more like to be. You like, would have freaked out if someone else was bringing you to meet the family because you'd be like, yo, bro, we just started dating. We did, yes. <laughs> I don't like, meet your fucking family. Like this yet. Just started. <laughs> You know? I think, well, he clearly wanted to marry her already. So oh, yeah. he was all in. So he wanted her to meet the family. Also, if I had his family, I'd for sure use them as a trump card because they're <laughs> dope. And I feel like she, um, I feel like at that point of the story, because that's like midway. So she's like definitely come out of her shell, but I don't know. I almost feel like because she lost her parents and stuff, the idea of visiting a family was like, Oh, Such like a treat. Yeah. And she was so interested in him and how he ended up that way. And she just wanted to know more about him. So I feel like I wasn't that surprised she wasn't like weirded out because I feel like she just wanted to meet them all yeah. and just see like how he fits, like how his alphaness fits into their that makes, soup. That makes a lot of sense actually because I have a couple friends who are like the only children Mm-hmm. Or child, <laughs> whatever in their family, mm-hmm. and whenever they come to my family, they're fascinated, sure, and they want to know everybody and meet everybody and just be in it. Yeah, um, and I forget that because I come from a big family, I'm always trying to be alone. I'm always trying to hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forget that when you don't have family like that, that it is like a really good feeling for you know to yeah. hang out with them. <laughs> no, it's very true because like. I mean, I, as you know, physically don't want to have more than two pregnancies, but like, I like the fact that, you know, we had, our house was always like loud and kids were always over and there's like stuff going on. And, um, yeah, I couldn't, you know, I mean, I respect everyone's decisions to do what makes sense for them. But personally, when I was like, oh, well, what would, what would our life be like if me and my husband never had children? And I was like, be so quiet. Like, that's like the only thing I think is like, I mean, Obviously, you have so much freedom and all this money that you didn't spend on your kid. And so you have, you know, your life is just different. But also, in my mind, I was like, yeah, but, like, no one would be, like, shouting at anyone. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, shouting is, like, a part of life. You get the milk. Answer the door. I told you not to shout about answering the door. Like, I feel like that stuff was my childhood. When everyone's shouting up the stairs, go get your sister. Sister, come upstairs. I could have done that. I told you to go get her. Not to yell at you. I mean, like I could yell. It's like, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So I, yeah, I think that's an interesting point. The she's been alone for so long, just wanting to even just be in that soupiness, be near. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about our female hero. Let's give her a rating. What are we thinking? One to five. Uh, one to five. I would give her. I think I'd give her like a solid four. I I enjoyed her. It did. I I felt like I didn't I didn't want to in the beginning, but I did. I enjoyed her. I gave her a four. Um, I totally agree. I was I was weary at first, uh, but as soon as she started cracking jokes in the monologues and she started doing these like little snipey comments at Gabriel, I was like, oh, I'm in in it to win it now with you. Because anytime there's good banter, they yeah. had excellent banter all the way through. Uh, I think banter is key. Even if somebody has to be more dominant or submissive or yeah. whatever it is, whatever their dynamic is, yeah. I love when there's a lot of shit talking. <laughs> Even, and I will say, like, I did not enjoy the Fifty Shades trilogy. However, I think the best part of the entire trilogy is when they email each other back and forth. 
and he it's basically like email banter. Yeah. I was like, I'm on board for the banter. I'm on board for this. <laughs> like this is what the whole book should be. Just like, the banter. The banter is also like the flirting and there was all, yeah. all that tension was built in the banter. So yep. that's why it's when he calls her Miss Beard Miss Baird. And I was like, is it Baird? Beard? Baird? It's gotta be Baird. Miss Be So they say it in the audio, and even in the audio, I was like, that's a weird name. It's gotta be Baird. It's like Beard, Beard, Miss Beard. <laughs> I'm going to say Baird because that's what I heard in Ms. my Beard. mind. Miss <laughs> Baird? I don't know. Anyways, whenever he would say things like, well, I didn't say I wasn't going to be inappropriate, Miss Baird. I was like, shit's about to go down. <laughs> First of all, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite lines in the book, and I, I didn't I didn't write it down because I didn't know how how um, how sexy we were going in our quotes. <laughs> um, as sexy as can be, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's literally like they... It caught me off guard. Like, I didn't see the line coming. He just, it seemed like they were having this casual little banter. Yeah. And then he just decided to tell her what he wanted to do. Oh. Or whatever. And in explicit detail. Yeah. I and I was that. like, yes, sir. And she yes, was like, Gabriel, I'm here for this, Gabriel. Are we, are we, are we, <laughs> and then she was like, stop. And he was like, so should I cut the onions? Yeah. And I was just, just the transition from the dirty talk to, should I cut the onions? I was like, yes. That was an excellent scene. That was an excellent scene. That was good. All righty, so we're moving on to McDreamy to McSteamy. McDreamy to McSteamy. Mm. Oh, girl. He was a steamy. He was a steamy. He was a McSteamy, steamy, steamy. Steamista. Steamy esteem. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, like, this is what I wrote down. Hot damn. Muscles, brains, and alpha tendencies. Yum. I mean, honestly, it's like, a lot of times I feel like if they're you know, a CEO billionaire, which happens a lot. Yeah. Then they're, I mean, they don't say they're like portly or anything. <laughs> they're usually attractive. Yeah. But it's not like they're also like pro athlete level, like physical fitness hotness. Yeah. And they're not also, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he just had like, and he was also like sweet and he was also like super patient and kind with her and yeah. with his family and his nieces. And I was like, oh my God, his nieces love him. Like, Stop it. <laughs> and uh You know yeah. he used that as his like trump card when oh, she totally. was freaking out. He was like, So I have decent. hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean he used everything. He decorated the kitchen. Yeah. Like that to me was one of the most realistic and funny moments where he was like he told his mom and sister to redecorate the kitchen. Mom and as, brother. Or mom Bishop. and brother, sorry, yeah. uh, to to uh sailor, bait her. Oh sailor. To like bait her into yeah. To wanting to stay. Yeah. And like, if I walk into someone's kitchen and it's gorgeous, that will bait me to stay. I love a Fuck kitchen. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I love my husband, but if my husband and another man of the exact equal variety and one tricked out a dope ass kitchen for me to bake in, I would have chosen that man. Yeah. I would have been, been like, you look, you're the exact same. I love you both. But this man has a <laughs> KitchenAid mixer and you don't <laughs> even one. have a mixer. And what am I supposed to do? He <laughs> has two ovens. Hello. Bridget, what, are, what are we supposed to do without a mixer? <laughs> I mean, what am I using? A fork? What is this, the 1920s? <laughs> a wooden spoon? Like, what is this nonsense? Yeah, no, a really I, good KitchenAid like, mixer I too. That, like the gestures that he makes to her, which I feel like are all really like long con gestures. You know, like when he's doing the flowers, but there he doesn't care about the flowers. He just wants her to be jealous when he <laughs> buys the bracelet that she really likes and is just waiting to give it to her until she like 
until she's okay with him sharing his affections. Yeah. Like the kitchen thing, which he doesn't tell her about till way later. Like all of these things, he's like, I mean, he is in it to motherfucking long con this girl. Yeah, into that was a long. Him. That was a long game, and I respect that. It was a long that. game. I respect that because I find that, I mean, I won't speak for all all men, you know, because I have encountered a few good ones, but in general, they have a very short attention span, and they're in it for the short <laughs> for the short haul. <laughs> Uh, and so spending that much time setting up the, you know, the seduction, yeah. I think I felt like it would have fell off. So I respected the long game and I liked that um, or I mean, whatnot. And I myself was long conned into totally my long-conned. marriage. He he got you. Six months, man. He got me. <laughs> By then I was like, well, fuck, I am in love with you. You're my best friend. <laughs> How'd you do it? Long con. He got me. He got me good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I uh, uh I actually know somebody. It's it's so it's a really interesting feeling when when you know someone in business, right? So I have like a scenario sim- similar where I have a friend who is like a pretty ruthless <laughs> business person, mm-hmm. businessman. Um and but we have the sweetest friendship, right? And is there, there's something so kind of cool in that feeling of like somebody you know who crushes <laughs> crushes in their daily life, and then but, but for with you, but you for see you, a different side. You have this whole other side, yeah, um, and this whole other vul- vulnerability mm-hmm. and and whatever, and very few people get to see that. And so I, so I like seeing this. I like seeing him as the you know T Rex little hands. <laughs> walking in the office, firing everybody, restructuring, doing all this stuff. But for her, that soft side, mm-hmm. you know, is willing to come out. And he never, he never loses alpha male status for me. Right. It doesn't matter how soft. The softer he goes, actually, the more alpha male it feels to me. Because it's, it's like, it's kind of like when you're just like a boss-ass bitch, you know? Yeah. No matter what you do, I chose to do it because I'm a boss-ass bitch. Right. You know, so anyway, that's how I feel uh, about that. Yeah, I think his, I think, uh, yeah, I just agree. I don't know what else to say. I just agree with you, Shawnee. What a great point you made. (laughs) I'm a blast. I can't sing that. It's copyrighted. (laughs) You can sing it. It's a podcast. I don't think they crawl podcasts. And also, I'm a boss ass bitch, bitch, Mm. bitch, Mm. bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that brings us to. Oh, you nasty. Oh, you nasty. Oh, girl, you nasty. Oh, so nasty. Um, funnily enough, we try so hard to not talk about the books before we actually turn the mics on. I mean, it is so hard sometimes. So hard. Um, this was one of the only things we've said so far before was, is there a category for this? Because it's it's vanilla, but it's also like has like dominance in it. So it's like a, but it's not BDSM. It's not, it's not like a, she's not a submissive and he's not a dom. Um, so I just wrote that it was vanilla with a dominant edge. I uh, I would agree with that assessment. And I wrote um, it was vanilla with a bit of kink. Okay. Uh, okay. Because kink is like that umbrella term. Sure. Kind of like queer where you're like, I don't know what all, all falls under, but it's generally this. Yeah. Like kink is like generally, you know, anything yeah. that's not vanilla. Right. Right. So most of what they did was vanilla, but they did it with an edge. Yes. Because he was, I feel like the, again, the banter 
And the dirty talk was very much dominant and had like that nice thrill of like danger. And I also really liked that um, she, as she was like kind of having like a sexual reawakening essentially after like closing that part of herself off for so long, realized like, oh, I actually, I like that and that's okay. And even after like this guy sort of brutalized me and tortured me, I still am me and I still find the things I found attractive, which is I never thought it would be like some guy like telling me what to do, but it is 100% some guy telling me what to do, which I which I liked. It's um, And also like dirty talk. I mean, Gabriel's the, got that talk. He had that He's talk. He's playing some game. And and the I just love how um I w- the in the writing I was always shocked when the top came like they would be doing something else and he would just drop these bombshells yeah. Yeah. and they got you yeah. you, were like, you were like oof Ooh. you know your body's like yeah. oof mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and then she'd be like that is so inappropriate and he's like when did I ever say I was gonna be appropriate yeah like. <laughs> Oh, wait, actually, that's my, speaking of, this is my favorite quote. Let me just tell you it right now uh, because it's exactly what you just said. Um, If you tell me you don't want me, I'm going to demand you give me your panties to prove they're not damp. Cheeks going bright red, she stamped a dainty foot. That is totally inappropriate. No rules outside the office, Miss Baird. And I was like, what? I'm sorry, what now? Yes, my my panties are wet. Excuse me while I gush. <laughs> Excuse me while I put on a new pair of panties so they're dry. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that was like a perfect example. They were talking about something completely like innocuous, and then all of a sudden he just he gets her. Yeah, and he got me. Got me. He got me so good. Got me. He got me every time. I also had a second one, which this one was more less like sexy I felt and more a testament to him sort of encouraging her to own her own uh, power and and like kind of look at her past in a different lens and he said Miss Baird no one is good or bad at sex by themselves he drawled it's a team effort and you know I'm a team player so he was like teasing her but also telling her like you're not bad at sex whoever you were having sex with was not appreciating you correctly and you guys weren't working together correctly but with the right with the right partner, everyone can be good at sex. I, and I would agree with this. I totally agree. I would agree with this. Hundred percent agree. <laughs> we gotta both be in it to win it. Yeah, because you can you can be having sex with someone that you're like you have like one physically perfect specimen, and then you have one average looking person, and that person who's the physical specimen might just like not be like not be either on the same wavelength as you, or maybe they're just not generous. Or maybe, like, one of you is too drunk to be, like, <laughs> good at what's happening because you're off rhythm or whatever. And then you might have someone who's, like, perfectly average looking or even, like, hideous looking. But if they're on the same page as you sexually and you guys are working together for a common goal of bliss, that's it. Yeah. I find I find that, and I hope this is not true, this is just in my experience, that the people who were more physically attractive were worse at sex and I was like this is a shame like and I think it's because they're so attractive that their easy stuff easily sure. comes to them and people weren't telling them that oh you're not good at this mm. <laughs> like 
And they didn't have to work as hard. Yeah. Learn as many you know? tricks. And I really want the person who had to work hard. I want, I want somebody who had to really work for it. Yeah. Or just like, or who who is happy to be there. Yeah. Who doesn't feel like, well, of course I'm here because like you would want me. You want the person who's like, you chose me. This is awesome. Like, I chose you too. Like, Beautiful. this is the coolest. You're going to let me put my penis inside you? Let's do the damn Winning. thing. Yeah. Like, that's it. You want excitement. Yeah. And I, I also, like for me, I like someone who's down for the journey. And and when I say that, I mean, it could be like a night that you want to play and they're not, it's not, the goal is not sex. The goal is the fun, Intimacy, like to enjoy yeah. that process and whatever sex happens, it happens, right. but that's not the, the goal right. of the night. And that's, that's what I appreciate yeah. a lot. Yeah. And someone who communicates. Yes. Like a talker. Mm-hmm. Because, dirty. I mean, I don't... He dirty talked the shit out of her. Telepathy. What are these scenes? So how would I know what it is that you're feeling if you're not letting me know? Moaning, something. Yeah. Grunting. Talk to me. Plus, dirty talk is just so fucking sexy. So sexy. Especially when, like, I can't think of my groceries if you're dirty talking. No. Like, otherwise, if you're, if you're Even quiet... Even if you never do the things to me that you're talking about. Because half the time, the stuff that people dirty talk, I'm like... I don't want you to do that. Never. If I if I'm in my rational mind, I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Never. It's never gonna happen. You are crazy. But when it's happening in the time, I think what happens is because like I feel like for females, it's like you can have like a physical only orgasm, which is rarer. But you, I feel like most of our orgasms are mentally stimulated. Yeah. And as well as physically. But like if you get that dirty talk going, because then my mind is now we're in imagination land. And my mind is going straight, sending the blood right where it needs to go. Exactly. And my mind is like, oh, I'm I'm on board for this. And my imagination can do worlds better. <laughs> my imagination is on fire. On fire. But if you never, again, if you never like get the imagination involved, you never get that involved. Yeah. You never click that in then. I always I always say like enough. I need I need a partner who can control my brain because I'm a strong individual. Yep. Like <laughs> I'm a beast sometimes, yeah. and I can dominate very easily. Dominate my partner, yeah. Um, and so it's always so exciting to me when my partner can dominate me because I'm such a strong, aggressive person. So, um, and when I can't think of anything else, like if you've got me to the point where I can't think of anything else, then slow clap to you, <laughs> slow clap to you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, but I yeah. do one thing. I do. Uh, not like about romance novels though um is that every single sexual experience that a character has uh in a romance novel i would say mostly is like a mind-shattering orgasm and i'm like sometimes they're just normal orgasms i call them the roll the rollins yeah sometimes they're just delightful sometimes yeah. you're not like sometimes you don't like wake back up to your senses sometimes you're like <laughs> I mean, you realize where you are the whole time. You still had an orgasm. It was still wonderful. But sometimes in in, in books, I'm like, it, it can't be mind-altering every time. No. I'm sorry. Like, because your body goes through ebbs and flows throughout the month that dictate that. You yes. can get, got stresses coming up and down, what you ate that day. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into the mind-blowingness of an orgasm. And it just, it, they're not all mind-blowing. Orgasms no. can just be orgasms. And sometimes I don't really want it to be mind-blowing. Sometimes yeah. I'm ro- I'm rolling over yeah. and I'm like, hey, scoot up behind me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get a little something-something. And I'm in it for the lazy factor. I'm in it for or the just rolling for the orgasm. gentle pleasure. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't need my whole brain to explode yeah. or yeah, whatever. Like- <laughs> but, 
But I'm also like, I also really do enjoy those ones where I do lose touch of where I am. I'm in some weird subspace place and mm-hmm. I got to like find my way back. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are a few, those are not a, uh, um, those are the reg. Those are the those are the exceptions. Those are the tent poles. Which is what makes them so much more special. If that was the same every single time, I mean it would be cool, but it wouldn't like it wouldn't be as exciting when you got there. Like, oh yeah. shit, like this that was some Yeah. That was some shit. And I find yeah. that those take longer. So yeah. I, I, I need an afternoon yeah. for those ones. And I gotta <laughs> I have to have no other work that needs to be yeah, done. Yeah, you can't that have day. like your laundry piling up. You can't have like, oh shit, I gotta go grocery shop. Yeah, like, I can't be like, oh, I'm gonna edit after this. Yeah, no. <laughs> gotta clear your sketch. <laughs> All right. So what was your favorite line in the book? Um, so I picked a little bit different um on this one. Um my so I, I love the titles of the chapters going in. So I chose one of those. And I I chose one because I had like almost the same thought earlier in that day for something else. And it was like um, chapter 35, a slight glitch. Okay, fine. A big freaking glitch. <laughs> I found that, I find that I laughed out loud when that um, one came in. Um, and then my other favorite quote um, was, well, so... I, don't, I use the term favorite loosely, but um, it was just a, a line that um, took me out of the story. Okay. Um, and it was like, he said to her, um, uh, do as I say, no lip. Right. And it felt like something my grandpa would say, you know? Mm-hmm. So he said it to her and that's the same thing that her ex had said to her during that traumatic experience right. or whatever. And I was like, who, who just goes around <laughs> saying yeah, no this lip? Is like not a common phrase. Yes. The other thing she said a lot was nape. I don't know that I used the word nape ever in my whole life, <laughs> but I, I feel like it. She maybe it maybe was like a hundred and fifty times in this book. Like it was a, like I'm like you could have swapped some synonyms. We know the back of the neck is the nape. But. Yeah, but like it's funny because I only use nape in terms of romance novels. Like that's right. the only reason I know the word is right. because of romance novels. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. The no lip, I, I mean, it made sense to me because it couldn't be such a common phrase that it was something that's like unavoidable in her daily life. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like a little bit of a weird, I don't, I've never had anyone say no lip to me and I am a lippy mofo. <laughs> so <laughs> I t- like no sass maybe yeah, or just or like, like, like my I mom say. would say back talk, you know, you like know back talk or whatever. Or, but even then I haven't heard those phrases, even those phrases in a really long time. Yeah. So like, but the no lip is something that like my grandfather probably would have said. Yeah. <laughs> and may have said. And so it was just weird that that one took me out. I was like, no lip. Huh. <laughs> or whatever. So that those are my phrases. I love the title chapters also. Chapter titles, not title chapters. <laughs> um I, I I in all of her books, they're always like descriptive and funny. Yeah. Uh, which I think is just like, I mean, instead of it being chapter 12, like why not put a little like funny quip that kind of gives you an idea of what the what the chapter is going to be about. Also, it makes me like wonder how, sometimes I'm like, how does, how is that coming in? Yeah. You know? Like what's going to happen? Like there, the, <laughs> there was one, um, it was really descriptive. It was like something like, you know, Gabriel convinces kitchen chair sex or something right. <laughs> like i know yeah and i was like oh does he yeah. i was like yes that's i was coming. gonna go to bed but now mm-hmm. i'm not going to <laughs> i know i was gonna pause here but maybe we'll pause after this chapter uh speaking of the nookie 
Let's do, I, you know, I was thinking about the skimmer's guide to the cookie and the nookie that we usually do. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, in this book, you really shouldn't read ahead. No. Because I don't know that any of their sex really, it's really hot, but only because of the buildup. Like, I don't know that if you read it, you'd be like, ooh, that's some hot sex. Because yeah. a lot of it has a lot of, like, character development and talking during it because of the trauma and stuff. So I don't know that it makes sense in this book. I uh, I agree. I think the buildup is the thing that makes yeah. it that makes it fun. So skimmers, this is not the book for you. If you just skim in for some stuff, we will give you some titles mm-hmm. in the blog about what to skim. But uh, this book, I think you I think you got to read it start to finish. You do, but I'll give you one hint. Okay, <laughs> it's not the sex, but when the uh, real uh, good dirty talk comes in, that's chapter sixteen. Okay. <laughs> So you can, you can start there if you, so you need can to. skim the opening 15 chapters and then really start the book at 16. Start at 16. All right. <laughs> Still have a ways to go before the sex. Um, so my thoughts about the cover art uh, and title were, I mean, it's a hot man mm. in a nice suit with mm. a shirt open. And a rugby ball in his hand. And I was like, but why is he wearing a shirt, though? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I get it. He's a businessman, too. And I'm like, but also, there could be more abs. And as we've already discussed at the beginning, I'm like, it doesn't really make sense that this is in the Rock series. Um, but, I mean, Rock Hard, I, I guess if I hadn't read the description ahead of time, I would have thought was going to be about another rock star. Um and maybe his hard penis, I don't know. But, or they're hard banging, who knows? But this one, uh, I didn't feel like the title really fit with the book. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd agree. Um, I mean, so in the cover art, he has like a business, his business suit jacket open with right. a little chest peeking and some little ab action. Um, but, and then the rugby ball, but, I mean, I don't need that. I don't need any of that. Like, I get it. He's a businessman who plays rugby. Right. All, all unnecessary. He could have been laying shirtless on a cake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He could be like in a skyscraper just having come back from a run while she looks on biting a pen. Like, yeah. that'll tell me the whole story too. I mean, I also don't really enjoy when the fonts are over like the right body. Right over his chest. I'm like, like I can't what see anything. I came here for the chest assist. Thank you. Like, Thank you. <laughs> I noticed that too. I was like, why are all the texts so big and on top of him? Can't like, they be on the side or on the bottom? Yeah. I feel like the name should be like on the border. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate that like she has now become such a big romance novel uh, author that people obviously will get her books just because they're her books, which yeah. I think is amazing because I've now read a couple of them and I'm soups obsessed. Uh, that said, like, I do want to see the shirtless man on the front. Otherwise, yeah. why even put him there? You know what I'm saying? Every so often I'll peek at the cover or look at it or whatever it is. I, I want to see. I want. I want to see. So I may be the only one guilty of this, but I feel like I'm not. <laughs> Where I will read or listen to a romance novel and find some sexy pictures like online. Okay. Somebody totally different. It doesn't even matter who it is. Just somebody I'm like, mm. 
I'll just look at that picture a little bit. A while you're, well, to, like you find one that makes you think of the character. Yeah, like someone who makes okay. me think of the character or just someone I think is attractive. And like sometimes the character that they describe is ugly to me. Like it's not attractive <laughs> to me. Okay. Kind of like, you know, when the beast turned in, back into the prince and you were like, oh, yeah, go why back is he to so the beast. Ugly? It makes me so mad. <laughs> that was so not an upgrade. Day. But I was like, bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> not an upgrade. And I want those feminine-ass hands that have never no, done a day's work. It was weird. Yeah. It was so weird when he came back. And so some books I'll read and not be happy with the, you know, right. how they describe him or even the image that they put on the book. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is terrible. Uh, and then I'll just go find somebody else to be the new image, especially That's if I need to get an image out of my mind. So if there is a real distinct um, picture of like a guy on the cover mm-hmm. and I'm like, That's terrible. I just like slowly replace him with somebody else. I find I've never online. done that before. <laughs> it's I mean, I feel like I do though. Basically, ignore any descriptors that I don't want to interfere with yeah. my reading. Which is why, like, I think it's really interesting when books are made into movies or vice. You know, it's like because uh, you definitely sometimes, molded sometimes them. I've gotten very attached to the way I imagine a character is. Yeah regardless of whether it's what the author described, but I'm very attached to my own mental picture. And then they cast someone and I'm like, that's not who I've been imagining. (laughs) What is this nonsense? And sometimes that person is actually closer to the author's idea. And sometimes, you know, they just happen to be whatever, a popular actor at the time or had a good audition or whatever. Um, But that's really an interesting, that's really an interesting. uh, You got to try it. (laughs) I'll try it. I'll try it. I, I also feel like, for me, it's less about the way that they're described physically and more about, like, either if you hear their internal monologue, yeah. it's, for me, 100% about that. And then also just, like, the again, like, the repartee between them and whoever the main heroine is. It That, for me, I don't really yeah. focus on so much, like, what they look like. It's more about the, the chatty, you know. Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's, like, energy play, like, the energy between the characters. And I think that's where, like, the sex fell for me here. Uh-huh. The energy was just a very dominant right. energy. And mm-hmm. that's what I, like, really loved about it. Um, I don't think that authors need to spend that much that much time describing their characters. Yeah, I agree. I literally, like, I could use, like, maybe a very basic physique and maybe, like, a hair color. That's really hair all color, I... That's, like, maybe age range. I kind of know what we're dealing with. Yeah, like... I mean, it's it's usually what I take away from whatever they describe because right. they put all this flowery stuff in it. I'm like, okay, he's got black hair. Yeah. Okay, he's built. Right. Okay, like whatever. And then yeah. you, I, you fill in the the pieces yourself. Sure. Yep. So I'm always I'm I'm always kind of an, annoyed a little bit when they go too heavy too heavily far. into describing the character. I also feel like it doesn't allow your reader to have a little bit of fun with that, yeah. um, or too heavily into describing. Uh, things that uh, we don't care about. Like, I don't need to know about the countryside, like everything about the countryside and the flowers and the birds and the bees of things. That wasn't in this book, but in general, in mm-hmm. books. Um, I don't need to, like, know all of that. They they kept talking about her backstory in this book. And sometimes I was just like, okay, enough already. Yeah, we already know. You we already know described her. it before. Yeah. Like, we're reading. I've already retained that info. And and it wasn't like it, they were giving new info, right. and that was for me the one thing where I was like, a good editor could have like got yeah, like maybe cut like a chapter's worth of yeah, stuff out of this, you know. Um, I only yeah. need to hear someone's backstory once to lock it in, so uh, that was my only kind of like eh or whatever with this book. But in general, 
Solid. I was pretty happy. Well, yeah. let's let's hear from uh, let's hear from the people. Oh, let's hear from the people. I'm gonna read let's a review hear. just because uh, I really like Angie's review. She really liked it. Um, gave it five stars, and I just I mean I feel like this is just the funniest way. First of all, I want to say that Goodreads re- reviewers, good on you for writing a whole like dissertations in your <laughs> reviews. Uh, I did choose Angie because it was one paragraph. Um, a few of your reviews I actually really liked, but. Angie's was very succinct. Um, I thought it was great. Fantastically written, hot rugby player. Tons of possessive alpha male growling. Dirty talk, loads of spice. Insanely hot rugby player. Emotionally damaged character who truly fought to overcome their issues. Super flippin' hot rugby player. I mean, what's not to love? (laughs) And I just thought it was... Spot on. So spot on, Angie. Well done. (laughs) Um... And it was a five. She loved it. Five stars. Um, I also appreciated the amount of gifts and things that people put in the reviews, which I thought was really enjoyable to read. <laughs> uh, it's very hard to communicate with you because you're only listening. But uh, there were some 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 classic gifts of basically people swooning, squealing, shouting yes, 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 um, and, <laughs> and falling in love and things, which I uh, which I always appreciate. Uh, if you want your review picked, submit it to us, and we'll read that uh, on the show. Yes. Yeah. Our overall rating, my overall rating for the entire book uh, is is four eggplants. I really enjoyed this book. Um, I enjoyed the character development. I enjoyed the plot. I enjoyed the journey of them getting together over a longer period of time, and I loved me the dirty talking banter. Um, I would give this three eggplants uh, because I think I can't, if something's vanilla, I can't go over three. Uh, that That's probably because I read some of the dirtiest smut on the internet. Um, but uh, I, I thought that it was vanilla, but the dominance gave me that kink and that takes me to a solid three. And I, I wanted more. I definitely feel like I wanted more, but I still felt like they satisfied kind of what um, the book called for. So I can't be mad at that or whatever, but I could have done just a chapter of just some extra dirty. <laughs> yeah, like an epilogue of fucking. Yes. You know, how did you make that baby two, that's coming? Two years later, exactly. once they've really worked through their sexual stuff. <laughs> when you can really grab the nape of your <laughs> yeah. neck. Where we at. Grabbing the nape. Grabbing the nape. Tugging some hair. <laughs> Please, pull my hair. Leaning um, somebody over a kitchen. I, I don't know. Exactly. All the things he described. Yeah. Love to have seen Leaning her over the table at work and just going the table at work. town. Oh, table at work. I mean, I'm not going to lie how many times I've had. I would never do that, though. Having worked in an office, I would never fuck in my office. I honest, I think it's like the weirdest thing to me. It's like when people used to like have sex at school or in college or whatever, like in class or something. Like I, I have the fan. I understand yeah. the fantasy. I have the fantasy. I've watched the porn. I enjoy it. It's, but like literally no, because <laughs> when I'm at work, my brain is just in work mode. Yeah. And I just, it would be so hard for me to like, maybe if it was like my own office or yeah. something like that, but it's like shower sex. I think where, where it looks super hot. Yeah. Like you watch it in the movies, you're like, oh yeah, shower sex is yeah. amazing. And in real life, you're like a drowned cat. Yeah. Like 
trying to pray. And you can't, I don't know what these people are doing because I'm like, do you have a nonstick or a sticky floor? Like, do you have a mat down so that nobody's slipping? Or do you have little bars to hold on to? Because half of them, they're like, she wrapped her legs around him and then they went to town. And I'm like, how is he not falling over? And water is not lubricant. No, it's terrible for you. Yeah, when people have sex in the ocean or in a pool, I'm like, that is dry as a desert because my body is sealing it up to protect against all this water, and you've washed away all the lube. <laughs> it's all gone. I don't quite understand, especially when a pool, a pool is cold. I'm like, how do people do it this? It is chlorine. I've seen this in movies. Chlorine in my vagina. I've seen this in places. I don't see how this is <laughs> how this I, can like work. Like the foreplay can happen in the pool. Yes, foreplay in the pool is a lovely. It's wonderful. Lovely, and little, then we need to move to a dry. <laughs> yes, dry. it could a be little, a towel right on the edge. And you should plan that ahead of time. You have a little mat. Hey, <laughs> right. if you're feeling extra like luxurious, put a yoga mat down. Right. You know what I mean? Just Hold for your back and your knees. <laughs> your knees. Girl, you got to protect those knees. You got to protect those knees. <laughs> but I think it's super cute to like, you know, when you're in the pool, when you're like holding on someone with your legs wrapped around oh, them, yeah. holding you, and you're you floating. can make out and you're floating or you just sit together. Like, I love that. Oh, yeah. You know? And then it's a, just a hop skip out of the pool. So hop to your right yoga out. mat. Yep. <laughs> so many positions. Think of how many, how many positions are in yoga. <laughs> just in the Karma Sutra. You know I what I'm mean? saying? There's a lot. So, um, uh, but yeah, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> I do I, think this was a, a really- To I'm, sum up, would not have sex at an office. But I appreciated the dirty talk saying that he would. Yeah. And I agree with you. It would have been nice to have an epilogue in the future of them fucking at their office. At their office. Uh, to, to sum up, though, I would have sex in an office. Okay. Uh, just, you know, putting that out there. In case I was interested, <laughs> don't call her. Don't call me. But you could. Um, <laughs> she's more likely to respond to an Instagram message than or a tweet. <laughs> You're right. Uh, DM me. No well, everyone, until next time, may your books be your lover. And your hand, your best friend. Dear listeners, we love making this podcast for you. So please, if you enjoy it, do us a solid and leave us a comment or a review and subscribe. It helps us out a lot. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at Romance at a Glance.